Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Why should venture capital firms require the entrepreneurs that they fund to track ESG metrics from day one and for the long term? Today, we're very excited to bring you part two of our series with Novata, the platform built to empower private companies and investors to collect, analyze, and report relevant ESG data. Our guests are Elizabeth Mayer, Chief Legal Officer at Novata, and Rosalind Bazzani, Partner and Head of ESG and Impact at Antler, the venture capital and private equity firm that launches and scales high potential startups across six continents. I'm going to give Beth and Roz an opportunity to tell you a little bit about their firms. But first, hello, Beth and Roz, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Hi, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, our pleasure to have you join us. And Beth, why don't you go first and tell us a little bit about your work with Novata? Absolutely. So I have the pleasure of being Chief Legal Officer of Novata. Novata is a a SaaS platform that helps private equity, venture capital, all forms of investors and um, companies themselves collect, analyze, and report on their ESG metrics. So we like to say metrics that matter, um, as opposed to setting a framework and forcing funds to follow that. We can suggest what is best for your fund or allow you to customize your own metrics. Um, And we have so many people on our platform now that we have benchmarks, which is incredibly helpful for measuring progress um, and setting goals. And Novata also offers ESG services to help people along on their journey. And uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I got my start on ESG, um, my last role at Techstars um, as head of ESG. And I learned a tremendous amount from Antler and specifically Roz. So Roz, I'd love to hear more about Antler. Good. Please, Roz, tell us. Happy to. So um, Antler is a global early stage VC, and we were really born out of solving a problem. And that problem is that startups fail, particularly in the very early stages of their company development. And um, we really sort of thought about, well, what are the main reasons for startups failing? And it tends to be bad product market fit, team issues, or because they just can't raise capital. So our aim is to really remove those barriers to entry for founders and really improve their probability of success. We receive about 80,000 applications from founders now um, each year, and we invite about 3% of them to come and join an Antler program or residency. And these are typically sort of lasting anywhere between six and 12 weeks, depending on the location. But during that time, we help find uh, co-founders with complementary skills. We validate their product ideas, and then we offer the potential for uh, capital from Antler at the end of that residency. Now, we typically invest in probably about a third of those people that come through our program. We started here in Singapore, made our first investment in 2018. And since then, we've expanded into 26 different cities in both developing and developed countries. Uh, We have a community of over 6,000 founders, and we've invested in over 800 portfolio companies uh, that probably span about 30 different industries. Now, currently, we invest up to Series C, but next year, we're hoping to launch a growth fund, which means that we'll be able to support founders from day zero all the way up to exit. And we think that's a pretty powerful relationship for our founders. 
Yes, it sure, it certainly is. And by the way, you have just come away from a, comp a couple of competitions, I believe, some of your backed firms that were winners in a couple of those uh, uh, opportunities to display their work with other founders at venture capital events. Um, Willard, can you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. Well, I, I have a very long list. When I talked about those 800 <laughs> portfolio companies, you can imagine that um, we're fortunate enough to have uh, plenty that are winning winning at global challenges, uh, regional challenges. Um, but the ones I think you're talking about was probably from my LinkedIn post um, earlier today, which was uh, talking about She Loves Tech competition. So She Loves Tech uh, runs competitions across countries around the world. We had two of our companies from Vietnam uh, take first and second place for a Southeast Asia competition. And um, and then there's also another one, uh, Alterno, an amazing company in Vietnam, uh, which also just received a Southeast Asia Innovation uh, Impact Award as well. But um, plenty more, as I say, uh, that are coming through from the Antler portfolio. That's terrific. Congratulations to, to you, to Antler, and to those firms. And now let's dive into our conversation about your work with Novata. Let's take a moment right up front here to clarify the difference between ESG and impact and how that plays out in the venture capital space. Beth, I'm going to ask you to go first. I love that we're starting with this question because I think it's a real uh, issue throughout VC. So it's easy to conflate the two um, and they're different. They can overlap, certainly, but an impact fund is a fund that is focused on creating positive societal impacts or impacts on the climate. And so they're looking for investments that are going to make that change. They can also look at ESG considerations, which are looking at the environmental, social and governance considerations of a company, how they handle those, what they measure, whether or not they prioritize that, or they cannot. Whereas an ESG-focused fund is a fund that's saying, we're going to look at these factors and each company we invest in. That doesn't mean we're only going to invest in companies that make a positive impact in the world. We're looking for companies that are responsible in the way that they behave and how they take care of all of their stakeholders. Um, it can be an industry agnostic fund that invests in anything. They're just saying, this is how we address uh, this is how we address our investment decisions and how we monitor our portfolio. But there's a real confusion. And so there's a lot of funds that are say, hey, like I'm a climate focused fund. I only invest in entities that de are involved in decarbonization. But you might not look at ESG factors. So perhaps that company treats their employees like really terribly. <laughs> Maybe there's no diversity um, amongst their board. Maybe they, while they're creating something that is amazing to draw carbon out of the atmosphere, they're creating their own huge amount of emissions. So they're very different. And I think there's a danger of not separating and understanding the two, although they can work together. Um, but I'm sure you deal with this every day, Roz. So I need that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is actually one of the first things that we we sort of sat down to think about. You know, when we were designing our ESG and impact strategy, we sort of said, okay, so what does ESG and impact actually mean for a VC? And what does it mean for a founder? So we very simply talk about ESG really focusing on the operational practices of a company. And so really it's kind of that more internal approach. Now, when we talk about impact, we tend to focus more on the product outcomes. So when we talk about an impact company, it's where founders have intentionally developed a product that uh, really aims to address a pressing environmental or social challenge. But I think the key thing for us when we were thinking about these definitions were, you know, really ensuring that we had something that was relatable, that was really appropriate and actually value-add for founders. Okay, so now let's move on to another question uh, about the, the current state of 
the use of ESG in venture in the venture capital industry, and how does that differ across different geographies, Roz? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great question, and is really a complex one. So you're going to have to give me a few minutes on this one. So, I mean, ESG is not a new concept. It's it's not a new term, but ESG integration in VC is still relatively fresh, let's say. If I think back to just two years ago, no one was even really talking about ESG in the industry. And VCs would just typically focus on um, you know, product viability and the financial aspects of startups, rather than thinking about the non-financial factors which we would associate with ESG. But when you fast forward to now, you know, ESG is really at the, the forefront of industry discussions, and I think it's reshaping our industry. Now, we've got a pretty unique vantage point of being a global VC. We get to see sort of the ESG landscapes from, from a bird's eye view. And we've seen how ESG really sort of varies from region to region. And across these regions, we've seen sort of the drivers and sort of catalysts being quite different. And it could be, you know, regulation, how consumers feel, uh, what investors are demanding, uh, tax policy, and even what employees are expecting. And I think this kind of broad bird's eye view is really crucial because it means that we're able to, if we understand this, then it, we can help our founders as they expand into new markets and attract investors from all over the globe. Now, if we're looking across regions, Europe is probably the most mature VC market after the US. And they're definitely leading the charge when it comes to ESG integration across VC. And I think probably the, the Sustainable Financial Disclosures Regulation, or SFDR, was probably one of the biggest sort of catalysts for change. And this regulation, um, if people don't know, this was around really uh, pushing for greater transparency. And it massively influenced how VCs and obviously therefore portfolio companies were really approaching this topic of ESG. And um, we're seeing this type of regulation being rolled out across the UK, across Australia, some countries in Asia, the US hopefully soon. Um, and I think it's great. It's, it's, it's kind of pushing progress. But I think there's also some risks if VCs are sort of concentrating solely on the regulatory aspect. And I worry a little bit that we're maybe heading in a direction where we focus too much on the sort of gathering of data and maybe forgetting to actually help founders and companies implement strong ESG practices. I think also there's a bit of a risk that founders see this as more compliance, you know, investor reporting, and they won't actually get the sort of the true benefit of thinking about ESG within their companies. Um, very quickly, I'll touch on sort of some of the other regions. So Asia and LATAM, Latin America, these regions, I think, are definitely watching closely as this sort of ESG VC story unfolds in Europe and uh, the US. And I think they're learning from these markets and figuring out what actually makes sense for them going forward. They're also regions where they're facing some of the most pressing sort of ESG related risks when it comes to their startups. Um, I think in Asia, we've seen a real sort of, you know, much more aggressive approach to climate policy. And because we're seeing non-domestic investors wanting to enter these markets, I think this is going to influence how VCs and startups think about this, this topic. Now, the US can't ignore that. Um, there's a lot of very heated uh, debate happening at the moment. And it's not just focusing 
on the technicalities. It's actually getting into more political territory. And we're seeing a lot of strong opinions around fossil fuel divestment and ideology. But for us, ESG is just simply a tool to really enhance our risk-adjusted returns. And I see this debate as just being a healthy part of progress. And it will be very interesting to see how this actually, you know, or whether it will even shape the VC industry going forward. Um, Now, even with all of these nuances, region to region, I think it's very clear that discussions on ESG won't be going away. Um, There's a lot of momentum still growing around it. And I think the VC industry really realizes that ESG is not a passing trend and its importance is only going to keep increasing and growing. Great. Well, thank you very much for those remarks. And Beth, I'm going to ask you to, to, to address this question also, because as you mentioned a, a few minutes ago, Nevada now has several thousand companies that it is working with and using uh, various initiatives for tracking. So what's what might be holding venture capitalists back from prioritizing ESG? It's a great question. And Roz said it well, ESG, it's only been a couple of years that it's been as prevalent in discussions as it's been. And with private equity, it's been around longer and it's more developed and it's more mature. And when you are a majority stakeholder or owner of a company, it makes a lot of sense I need to have this sort of reporting on them. I need to know what they're doing. I I have so much sway as that sort of investor in the operations of this company. With venture capital, there's like a structural barrier, perceived barrier, I would argue, of your minority investor. You only hold a small percentage of this company. So how much control do you have over their operations? One, do you have the position to say, you guys should be measuring this. I want to know more about this. It's hard to say that you have the ability to control that. It's hard to feel that you might have the influence. So it starts to feel like, well, is the juice worth the squeeze? We're going to develop this big ESG program, and are we going to have the effect on our companies that we need and want to? Uh, I would argue from experience and from the data that we've seen that, like, absolutely, you can have sway and influence and effect, and that can be really helpful to your portfolio as a venture capital investor to create more resilient companies by ensuring they do have ESG. But that perceived lack of influence over your company as a minority investor is a huge reason why there hasn't been a prioritization. I'd say number two, Roz hit on this, is it in some regions like Europe, where you have regulatory pressure, it feels like a must-have. And I think there's lots of evidence that like the uptake in ESG in Europe, it is a priority. Outside of that, because it doesn't feel like a must-have yet, it feels like a nice-to-have, there's a lack of people racing to prioritize this. And I think that's also, uh, there's been a lack of standardization over what should be asked. So a lot of historic ESG metrics that have been encouraged to be asked of um, amongst portfolio companies aren't well-designed for early-stage companies. So when you have an early-stage founder, which is where VC is investing, they're trying to figure out, I said earlier, product market fit. They're trying to figure out how to do payroll. <laughs> like They're trying to figure out the most basic things. So it feels, uh, it feels burdensome to say, okay, and now I want you to give me a list of every single training you've done, and I want you to show me that you have these 18 certifications and it's too much to be asking. And so I think there's been a lot of incredible work by certain groups. Um, I think Antlers led the charge on this a lot, but also Venture ESG, Responsible VC that have said, here are, and we have one on our own platform at Novata, here are questions you should be asking early stage founders. ESG doesn't have to look the same across PE and VC. It can look very specific for early stage founders. And so I think once there's more standardization 
across VC. I think that will help prioritize it. But right now, that lack of guidance. Um, and last point, uh, leadership internally in a fund. So VCs, just like the companies invest in, tend to run lean and they're scrappy and everyone's hands in, hands on. But who's leading ESG? It, it, it's kind of like a toss up. So it's either somebody, and Raz said it, sometimes it arises in compliance. Sometimes it arises in investor relations. Sometimes a, a fund says, this is so important to our limited partners and to us that we're going to have ahead of ESG. But until that decision is made, it kind of only gets prioritized in fits and starts when somebody has time for this side of the desk opportunity. And I think until it gets recognized for the value and the necessity of it, until someone it's a main part of someone's role, it's going to continue to kind of not reach the priority level it needs to be. Okay, now I'd like both of you to comment on where in the venture capital business cycle you see ESG becoming important, and is there an earlier point in time, uh, that again, both of you have touched on this as well, where it might be valuable for venture capital uh, or entrepreneurs who are working with venture capital firms to begin the ESG journey? Roz? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think when it when it comes to ESG, we, we have to we have to really sort of think about why investors or the investment industry really embraced it in the first place. Mm -hmm. it, it was because the industry recognized that this was a kind of new dimension to you know, evaluate companies and that those three little letters represented things that were actually affecting the performance of a company. And I think so many investors still focus on the risks, but ESG also represents an opportunity, you know, particularly if you're addressing it early on, it can open up new markets and customer segments. It can improve operational efficiency and resiliency. It can improve workforce productivity. And all of this sort of feeds into a company's brand and reputation and ultimately can build trust and confidence across its stakeholders and investors. And we know that trusted companies can innovate faster, they can take greater risks, and they can survive during downturns. So partnering with founders from the outset really provides a sort of unique advantage. Um, and probably, you know, given what I was talking about, Antler, we come in at the earliest point uh, in a company journey. Uh, we think that you could, the better to, you know, it's better to start an ESG journey. Um, you know, it's never too early, really. And by starting early, you can actually sort of help integrate ESG into a company's core and really sort of laying the foundation for how a company is going to look like in the future. And it's not, about balancing sort of economic survival and ESG. It's actually about weaving them together for maximum value and effectiveness. And we have to remember that founders are incredibly competitive people. You know, they're always looking for ways to stay ahead of the competition and ESG can do that. And, and so, you know, it's also about, well, what are investor expectations as they grow? And how do you build a resilient brand and business that actually lasts? And I think, you know, what we also have to remember as a VC is that founders can't do this alone. You know, really VCs need to think about how can they use ESG as, as a value creation for founders. Now, when it comes to tracking and measurement, um, I think the industry is still grappling with these aspects, um, in part, as Beth said, due to a lack of standardization. But 
you know, we we believe that measurement really acts as a as a as a bridge to action. Uh, but we also believe that when a journey begins with sort of deep understanding and a commitment to both financial success and sustainable value, then that process of measurement will become a really easy part of what founders have to do. Um, and there's great platforms like Novata that can help VCs and founders along the way as well. Beth, you have anything to add? I couldn't agree more with everything Roz said. I, I don't have a ton to add. I just think, look, it's it's really easy to start off in the right direction. Let's say you're going on a journey, no matter where it, where it is. It's really hard to move a big ship. <laughs> like once it's halfway through, it's 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 course. And I think I've seen that time and time again, having worked with early stage founders and later stage companies. If you embed it in the company DNA from the start, you will have a, a growth trajectory rife with opportunities, like Raz just said, also really protected against certain downside risks. So I think also with VC, we talked about a lack of prioritization. I think there's a misconception that, you know, if this is a, a tech-focused company, like the ESG footprint isn't something to really be concerned about. Um, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. If you don't have cybersecurity on lock, <laughs> you don't have good governance and you don't prioritize how you treat your employees. And I will say this is coming from like my legal lens, like you will, you will face the ramifications of that. And they're extremely costly and extremely uh, concrete setbacks to growth. And so by saying from the start, we measure our carbon footprint. We uh, embed the way that we treat our employees and we set up these policies and we hold ourselves responsible to them. We do quarterly reporting to our investors and this is all the things we include. That is a way to ensure that that company is going to have a pretty safe way to fly and is also going to attract so much growth because who wouldn't want to invest in something? Um, right before this uh, recording, I was reading a PwC study and it was saying 76% of consumers 2022 reported they would discontinue relationship with a company if it was reported that they treated their employees, communities, or the environment poorly. I mean, that's it, it. People care. Look at the news. Like it's very important to consumers. So if a company isn't doing that, or they've done a good job of hiding how they're not doing that, the likelihood of there being an issue is is huge. But to say, and I feel like this way at Novata. Novata is an early stage company, and I sleep really well at night knowing we're a B Corp. We have all the policies we need. We have everything that when we implementations around those policies to ensure we are doing everything above board. Uh, and I think that's a real, a massive benefit of ESG. And it's a massive benefit that VCs can offer to their portfolio companies. Great. Well, listen, we've, we've spent uh, um, the last couple of questions in part addressing what ESG trailblazers look like in the venture capital space. Um, and now what I'd like to do, because we're, we're running out of time pretty soon, is that we'd, uh, li I'd like for you both to quickly tell us from your perspective, what does a venture capital firm member who's listening to this episode uh, a week from now or a month from now, um, focus on in terms of the first steps that they should take to move their firm in the direction of integrating ESG more carefully into startups that they work with. Either one of you, go ahead. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, you can go. Sure, sure. So I think, um, as, as a VC, when you're thinking about your ESG strategy, you have to think about designing something that's you know effective, it's responsive, and also aligned with global standards. Um, so there's probably 
Uh, four things that I would recommend for any VC sort of starting out. Uh, I think the first thing is probably just understand that no one size fits all when it comes to an ESG strategy. And that's absolutely fine. Um, the key is really to develop an approach that makes sense for what you do as a VC and um, to design a strategy that also resonates with your stakeholders. But be very transparent in explaining why you've approached it the way you have. Second thing, uh, be prepared to iterate your strategy and approach. Uh, begin with a very simple foundation, but commit to uh, to doing really what our founders do, to keep developing, keep building, learning and improving. I think thirdly, establish a sustainability centric culture. It's really important to gain buy-in from every corner of your organization and to really thread it throughout your firm, not just in the investment process. We've definitely found that um, helping our teams sort of feel more connected and engaged with our strategy has actually helped us make progress, you know, much faster and been much more effective. Fourthly, um, collaborate. As we look out to the future, the landscape of ESG and impact is going to continue to evolve. And if you want to sort of keep learning and staying ahead of the latest research and industry best practices, regulatory developments, you know, you will need support. And Beth touched on this earlier. You know, there are amazing communities out there. There's Venture ESG, ESG for VC, PRI, and all of these are full of experts and sort of resources that can be leveraged. And of course, there's platforms like Nevada that can help you. And we've been talking for over a year now, I think. And I think the team have been amazing in really wanting to understand our process and thinking about at what point do we bring the Nevada platform into founder discussions. Um, we're also very happy at Antler if anyone's interested in learning more about our processes, our own practices um, and our journey. Uh, if you want to get connected with me, then uh, please just send me a message on LinkedIn or drop me an email. Okay, Beth. Raz said it so well. I think same almost. First is just take a beat and and know what ESG means for your fund and your portfolio. It always can look different. And make sure that if you are the stakeholder that is responsible for this and is helping drive ESG forward for your fund, that you really understand where the value adds. Because like Ross said, it is wildly cross-collaborative. People in the investment community need to understand why it's a value add and not just something put on a checklist that they need to assess for a company. Everyone needs to understand it. So one, know what it looks like for your fund and your portfolio. Two, educate and like get excited about it. It's it's yeah. real value add. And it's something that can really catalyze excitement across the fund and also in the companies you're investing in. And I think, I think it's a portfolio service that a fund can offer to their founders for a way for them to grow better and create better returns. Uh and then three, I think, I think collecting data. Done is better than perfect. So there are there is going to be increased regulatory pressure, likely more increased disclosure requirements. And if you don't start tracking soon, you're not going to have anything to show progress, anything to measure against. And I think there's a reluctance of, well, we're not sure what exact metrics, if we should ask these five or these 15, just start. And ideally, you can keep those questions uniform to a degree so that you're measuring the same thing. But get engaged, start talking to your portfolio, make sure this is something that is top of mind for them. And get that data because if you don't measure it, you can't control it. And so it's something to start, I think, get ahead of. And then lastly, and this is just a huge nod to Antler, publish what you're doing. Be vulnerable enough to put an ESG report out there, to put your policy out there. A lot of VCs want to get involved and want to do this and don't know where to start. And I will say on my own ESG journey, when I was in the VC space, 
I turned to Antler so much before I even met Roz because she was amazing and open sourced a lot of what they do. And, and that is how as the industry as a whole and the next generation of corporate titans are going to change is by VCs saying, here's what we're doing and feel free to follow us or use this as your own launch pad. So. Great. Well, Beth, thanks very much. That's a perfect segue into our close. And we've got to come back at another time with both of you, I think, to get to learn more about about the development of ESG integration in the venture capital and private equity space. But for right now, where online can our followers go to learn more about your work? Uh, Beth at Novata and Ant and Roz at Antler. And how can they get in touch with you to discuss the sustainability topics that we've covered in today's conversation? Well, www.novata.com. <laughs> we have lots of white papers, lots of information. Our team is incredible and eager to reach out and help you. And as I said before, we can absolutely help. And our I'd say our bread and butter is helping with ESG data collection, metrics that matter to you but also consulting you throughout the ESG journey and helping you craft your strategy, helping you with your own reporting obligations. Um, you can reach me at beth.meyer at novata.com. I'm eager to help. Um, in my current role, it's exciting because I get to help with ESG across all sectors, but um, VC has had my heart for a long time. So please, it would be a treat to hear from you. Um, and I'll let Roz let you know how to reach her. Yeah, th thanks. So, I mean, like Beth, um, very happy for you to reach out on LinkedIn um, or to drop me an email directly. I'm rosalind.bazani at antler.co. Um, I think anything to do with our ESG and impact sort of strategy can be found on our uh, website at antler.co. Uh, we actually have an ESG and impact section, so you'll find our latest report. Um, which is a hundred page document. So uh, really we are being very transparent in everything we're doing and it's maybe some nighttime reading for you. Uh, but we also have things like our ESG and impact policy and uh, our diversity and inclusion policy and things like that. Um, do keep a lookout on our LinkedIn for Antler as well. Uh, we have a lot of new partnerships and announcements that are going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Um, we're also going to be sharing our sustainability toolkit for founders uh, next month. Uh, and as I said, that's going to be published on uh, LinkedIn. So keep a lookout and uh, looking forward to chatting to you. Great. So for both of you, please send us links to anything that you currently have that you would like to make available to our audience uh, for further education for themselves uh, and their clients. And uh, please keep uh, keep those links coming in the future. Uh, I know that uh, Novata is going to help us take care of that as well. So thanks very much, Elizabeth Meyer, Chief Legal Officer, Novata, and Rosalind Bazzani, Partner and Head of ESG and Impact at Antler. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Mm -hmm.